Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 95 of the Lift Free of Diet Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates. We're creeping up on 100 on this format. And with the 150 on the old format, we're nearly at 250 episodes, which is kind of cool over the last five years. And today's guest is a slight departure from my history of talking to fitness professionals and coaches who've appeared on here. Uh, Enrico Incarnati is a videographer and cinematographer, and I guess photographer as well, those things all love together, uh, who teaches fitness professionals and people aligned to our industry uh, about their media, especially their social media. So it is great to have you on, brother. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Um, honored to be on for episode 95. I was born in the year 1995, so that's perfect. To give people context, I was born in 78, so most people are really shocked when they find out that I'm 44, right? So, But I guess that speaks to you know your generation is at least stereotypically a little bit more plugged into and skilled with uh, modern media, technology, that sort of stuff. And, and I definitely want to tap tap into that. But I want yeah. to start here. So you first hit my radar as Jordan Science videographer. You did a lot of work with Jordan uh, before the world shut down. And obviously Jordan's life has changed. Now. I think he's got a baby on the way like any moment, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this before. But Jordan hadn't like fully informed me yet, but we'd actually planned to have Jordan and you. Uh, Jordan was going to speak at an event that uh, we host in Edmonton. We did it in 2019, but 2020 kind of lost it because of everything. And we haven't yet rekindled it. The plan is next year. And uh, you were going to come along. That was one of the things Jordan's like, hey, can I bring my videographer Enrico? It's like, absolutely no problem. Uh, wasn't finalized to the point where you knew what was going on, but uh, we would have met quite a while ago if it had. But let's talk about this. Um, like, I, I like the way that your career in working with Jordan, that's probably a fairly significant part of why some people know who you are. And Jordan had something similar happen with, he's got a legacy of work, but he also got a lot of people's radar because he worked with Gary Vaynerchuk, right? So, you know, you are to Jordan, what Jordan kind of was to Gary in a sense, right? So let's start here. You played a huge role in the explosion of Jordan's brand and media, right? He's, he's obviously blown up. He's got a huge following. What did working with Jordan do for your career? And what did you learn from that experience? Yeah, that's a really loaded question. Um, I'll start by saying, um, what did Jordan, uh, like, what did working with Jordan, like, do for my career? I mean, it, it, helped a ton, right? Um, it's funny. I actually met Jordan for someone that I was working with before, um, by the man of Zach Rushlow, who on Instagram is the flexible dieting lifestyle. And I used to work with him and I met Jordan, uh, at an event at like a pencils of promise charity event while I was working with, with Zach. And, um, it's actually really funny how I got the job and everything. I won't get into it. We can, if you want. Um, but, uh, you want me to go ahead? You know what? Why not? I mean, like, I think it'll be interesting because yeah. I've got a whole bunch of stuff that I want to tease out of this. I'm just starting. Usually I'll like ask like 10 questions, but I really want to kind of tease my way through a series of questions. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And I think it'll give more context. Um, so anyways, I was working with Zach at the time and I had moved out from, from Chicago to Austin, Texas. And um, Jordan and I just exchanged pleasantries. I knew him at the time. And this is a very big indication. I knew him as Gary V's trainer, not as Jordan Syed. 
right? Mm. That's a big difference. I knew him as, oh, I'm like, oh, you're Gary Vee's trainer, right? And that that's the thing that came first, not necessarily Jordan. And so, like I said, we exchanged pleasantries and Zach and I, we were finishing our like year um, in March. And so I had returned back to Chicago, did some freelance stuff um, on my own. Jordan was looking for a videographer come September of 2018, it was. And he put on his Instagram story, like, hey, I'm looking for a videographer. I replied and I'm like, oh, I would love this opportunity, man, because we had known each other a little bit. And he replied saying, hey, there's someone ahead of you. I'm going to give him three months and I'll let you know how it goes. Totally fair. He called me on December 1st because it had not worked out at all. He's like, hey, bro, he's like, do you want to move to New York City? I'm like, yep, let's do it. Literally, that, that was the first conversation. And he's like, are, are you sure? Like, you could think about it. I'm like, nope. I'm like, let's do it. And he's like, okay. Um, so literally like two weeks after that, I flew out to New York to hang out with him for the weekend with Susan Ebergall as well um, to help film for his inner circle. And then a week and a half after that, moved my entire life to New York City. So in like three weeks, I moved to New York um, with, with six other people in a Chinatown apartment in Manhattan. Um, so working with Jordan taught me essentially just like, I mean, and this, this is something that like I, I've always had in me is just just say yes to things, right? Like just say yes to everything and and not necessarily, you know, say yes to everything and whether it serves you or not. But uh, for me, it was just more so like just say yes to the unknown. And it got me more and more comfortable with it, right? Like I said yes to more things um, that I never would have ever dreamed of, right? And it's like I I, I had to say yes to myself with um, – you know, not, not wanting to pursue becoming a pediatrician because I had to say yes to the unknown of what that looked like. And so it was saying yes to more and more things. And the perceived uncomfortable from when I was younger, wasn't as scary when I got older. And I just kept saying yes and yes to more things that, you know, um, didn't really scare me as much. Um, it, it opened the door in terms of just like, I met so many other coaches. I mean, I've, I've, I was supposed to meet you. Um, I've met a lot of people in the industry. I've, I've learned certain things about like, even just how like Gary Vee's team works and like that whole ecosystem, like the, the concept of like speed. And um, you really think about content a lot differently in that world and media and YouTube, TikTok, like Instagram, like the whole world, you really think about it differently at that level. Um, and you understand that like a lot of people, I think it's the difference between, especially in the coaches world of being an influencer versus having influence. Right. And there was a big difference that I learned with that. And like, people would look at Jordan now, they're like, well, he's a big influence influencer. It's like, no, he has influence. Right. And for me, that was something that I was really able to pick up on because it's like, wow, there's so many people in this world that like have millions and millions of followers, but they're all broke. And it's like, they have no influence, but they're influencer on paper. Right. Um, and to be completely honest, I forgot the second part of the question you asked. That's okay. So it was, you know, really, I was wanting to tease out what you learn from this process, because I want to get to eventually the whole come back around to the idea that, you know, in Jordan had a long legacy of his own career before he worked with Gary V. You have your own, you know, career and experience before working with Jordan. So let's start with what you learned from Jordan. And then maybe we can transition into... What was the stuff that was already in place that put you in a position to be able to say yes to that unknown opportunity? Yeah. I mean, what I learned from working with him, like it, it's, it's crazy. Uh, most people ask like, well, who, you know, who, who helped you guys like make content and stuff? Like it was all me. Like I filmed, I edited, I did all of that. So I understood the value of like, what it took to go in from like a video, like, like a quality YouTube video. Like th this is when I really, I really understood the value of like, 
making long form macro content and then cutting it down to micro content and the purpose that that served, right? Like we're not just making an Instagram clip for, for this, for shits and giggles. Like there's a purpose behind this. We're trying to drive people to the YouTube channel. What's the purpose of the YouTube video? We're trying to get people to, I don't know, not beat themselves up about overeating or like there, there's always something to where like when we make content in general, like it always has a purpose and it never didn't serve a purpose. Um, and I, I learned the value of like every piece of content, even from like the Gary V world, it's, it's hard to not like be so connected when you're in it um, that like you really have to maximize the orange, right? And like really make as much orange juice as you can. And so it's always finding like the little gems that um, whether he's on a podcast, whether he's, um, you know, doing anything but it's like there's always these little gems from content that you probably never would have expected that you can find and i think a lot of people if they were to just throw up a camera kind of like how we have right now like i bet there's some gems in there a little bit right and so i learned essentially just like you don't really have to go out of your way to you know create this ridiculous video it's almost like just film what you're doing already during the day and you'll pull stuff out of that and what you find to be boring and mundane, people will find interesting. The very first conversation he and I had, um, like I, I sat in the car with him like, I, and I, I I put the camera on him. I'm like, you want to record an intro? He's like, I like that. I'm like, like what? He's like, I like that you you gave direction on filming an intro for the video. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. Um, and he just, he liked that that role of like, you're, you're behind the camera, like tell me what to do, right? And so it was stepping into like a, even like a director role that I didn't really understand. I'm like, I'm doing this too. Um, it, it was cool though, just cause like, obviously we collaborated on, on different things and uh, content and ideas, but like, it was, it was nice to have input as well. Um, but it was really just taking the charge of like, yo man, like, do you even think this video is good? Like, should we post it? And I'm like, well, what do you think? You know? So it was more so being okay with like, Hey, sometimes you got to make a decision. And if like, if I say no, if I say no to it, he was cool with it, you know? And I'm like, okay, like that's a lot of, that's a lot of, not necessarily power, but it's a lot of responsibility, you know? Well, A, if you're going to be paid, if Jordan's going to hire you, Jordan's a busy dude, right? Jordan has built a very big legacy of things in his career. And this goes into some time management stuff, but he's going to want to bring on someone who's got the skills, the ability to actually make those decisions. It takes decision-making out of his hands. It's the whole yep. point of having a coach. I mean, effectively, you are the kind of the media coach as much as you are, the, the videographer who's just, you know, pointing the camera as well. And that shows a lot of trust on Jordan's part, but it also means that he recognizes skill and ability. Uh, and I guess, did that process also bring out and give you greater confidence in your abilities on that front? Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing too, where it's like, I, I'm, I'm so open to being like, yes, I want to move out to New York. I'm so, I'm going to do all these things, but then I'm, I'm hesitant to say like, oh no, we shouldn't post that. And I think I was a little intimidated because I'm like, well, like, in a, in a weird way, I'm like, well, is Gary going to see this video and he's going to care? I'm like, Gary doesn't care about this, this, this video. Right. And this, this will tie back to something else too. Um, and so understanding, like taking those little baby steps of like, you know what, like, let's shoot it this way. Let's film it this way. Like, let's be more like, I had to take more of a, 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 cha a charge with it because I was a little bit, a little bit hesitant. Cause I'm like, even the sense of like, I'm moving to New York city. Like that's still your home. It's not necessarily my home yet. Like you're, I'm kind of in your territory. Um, and so it's like, I don't want to step on your toes, but it's almost like, well, we kind of have to, you know, collaborate. And if we don't see eye to eye on certain things, that's totally fair too. Like we have to be able to come to a decision. And if at the end of the day, you're the one that's like, you know what? I don't like it. I don't want to post it. Cool. Then we don't. So it, it, 
took more than, you know, we have to, and again, like more than not, obviously we made great content. Um, we didn't have those discussions a lot, um, but it was just being open to the possibility that like, this is your role. I like it. You said something in there earlier too, that I wanted to jump on. So I've had previous guests who have liked the way that something that they said or the way that they answered something came out to the point where like, Hey, can you send me the original audio recording? I'd like to use that. And I'm like, absolutely. Uh, Chris Duffin, Kabuki Strength has done that. Jonathan Goodman, the PTDC. And I mean, that's a cool feeling to be able to go, all right, here you go. I mean, anytime I have someone on the podcast, I want to make sure that this isn't just a ask of their valuable time. I want to make sure that this is something that gives them something valuable, right? And plus the hour of the interaction, I've always found to be very beneficial. And the times I've had Jordan on the podcast, which I think it's about three or four now over the years, um, I've taken so much away from it, but I've always tried to make sure I shared and promoted and highlighted Jordan. Not that he needs a whole lot of it, but it all adds up. Right. But it's heavily influenced, as I said off here, massively influenced my own approach to my media. And I do not believe I would have leaned into the process and the approach to social media that I have that's led to the growth uh, without at least one specific conversation with Jordan. So he's been, been that big an influence. So let's pivot to something else. Um, I want to make sure I get this one right because I'm battling a little bit of brain fog. I don't mention yeah. often on air. So I want to have my thoughts. Uh, but I want to ask you about media skills and fitness professionals. And we can start with what do you see happening maybe the last few years and continuing into the future? Uh, any trends within the marketing and the media side of stuff that let's say fitness professionals need to be paying attention to and we can lead that into what are the truly essential media skills that professionals need and what are some valuable skills that will put coaches ahead in the coming years yeah that's a great question um i would say number one things that'll put you ahead is have a place where you can actually own your followers, your contacts, subscribers, whatever that is. Right. And when you're like, well, what does that mean? Own, I don't own them. You're right. Like you don't own Facebook. You don't own Instagram. You don't own TikTok. You own nothing of that. Do you have an email list? What is that? Start one. Right. Like at the end of the day, if Mark Zuckerberg wanted to be like, you know what, this Facebook thing, let's just wipe it off. Cool. Your Instagram and your Facebook go down. I guarantee you there's a ton of coaches and a ton of influencers that when Instagram and Facebook go down, they have panic attacks right? Because their whole business relies on it. You're making a mistake, right? And you're like, well, I'm not going to get on that TikTok thing. Cool. Then don't. I'm not going to get on that YouTube. I'm not going to make an email list. Cool. Then stay stuck and continue to be sad, right? So it's like, and and again, and I know that sounds harsh, but it's like, when is it going to be a wake-up call for you to be like, oh shit, I need to actually like diversify my attention and I need to actually start collecting emails. I need to start owning that that information because I don't own any of this, but you own your email list. It's literally the only thing you actually own. That's number one is to be able to own your media. And however that is, if you, however you got to get people on that email list, if you got to give them something else for free, if you have to give them a PDF guide, Jordan has the 101 metabolic workouts, whatever that is for you, right? You have to be able to do that because you are susceptible and you are vulnerable if you are on these platforms, you're not moving your traffic into a space that you owned. Number two is you have to be able to create long form content somewhere. In the day and age that we live in, I know short form video in 2022, TikTok, Reels, like it's, and shorts, like for the lack of a better term, like that's what's popping off right now, right? And it's amazing and it's huge. And you can build a following, you can build an audience and like you can reach people, it's amazing. <laughs> to get people to like, know, and trust you on a deeper level, 
you have to be able to put them in a long form platform to where they spend more time with you. Again, at the end of the day, the main reason that people care about this podcast, like what we're maybe like five, like almost 10 minutes in, like the fact that you're spending this time already, thank you. Like you don't have to, you don't have to. I'd rather you spend 10 minutes consuming my content versus a 10 second, yep, just that's a tweet post, cool, forget about it, mm-hmm. right? It's time. The most valuable currency people ever will have to give you is their time, right? Own a channel like that, whether it's a YouTube show, a YouTube platform, like making YouTube videos, a podcast, um, hell, even a, a Facebook group, hell, even like articles if you want, um, like a website. You have to be able to have people on a long form channel to move them as well. Um, number three. I, and- I want to pause on there because I really doubled down on this message. I've got some presentations that really hit home on this. I noticed the difference between the people that I've followed, gotten to know, I've respected, who I consider authorities in the industry. Jordan is high on that list. Jordan has YouTube. He's written the long-form articles. Jordan has two podcasts. Luca Hosovar, lots of article work, two podcasts. Uh, Guy's a gym owner. That's a different form of long-form content. But you look across the industry, and I, I'm a T Nation guy. I grew up on T Nation. I've written for them for the last three and a half years. That to me was kind of the gold star. And a lot of the people that came out of that world are respected, incredible authorities, in part because they're recognized as, uh, well, they're recognized as industry leaders in a big way because of their writing. There is a generation of people on social media. I know some of them, I like a lot of them. But social media is all that they have. And I feel the difference in terms of their authority and credibility. And I hate to use this word, but status within the fitness industry. I think there are some people who are so bloody good at social media that they can bypass it. I think they're the unicorns. Uh, I think most people, especially for the big game, depending on what your career goals are, you need to back it up. Let's use someone like Eric Roberts as an example. Eric is one of Jordan Syatt's, you know, mentees. Great guy. I've had him on the podcast. Blew up his TikTok. Retroactively applied that to Instagram. That blew up as well. But what else is Eric doing? Very popular podcast. He's got YouTube and he's written a lot of articles for his website. And it's Jordan Syatt's formula. You know, a lot of this stuff you're saying is stuff that Jordan talks about too. It's stuff that Gary Vaynerchuk talks about. That's the ecosystem. And Eric's one of my favorite examples of someone who absolutely smashes social media, especially on the the TikTok real side of things. But he also is doing all those backfilled stuff. People go into your media and go, okay, what else you got? And then they dive in and then they go, whoa, this is it. There's nothing else here. There's no website. There's no articles. There's no substance. And they don't see you the same way as the people who have the credible uh, you know, long form content. So I really wanted to drive that point home. Now you had a third point. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and and it makes sense. Um, the third point, well, this ties with like three and four, and and this is number three, and I cannot hammer this home enough, is for coaches, stop speaking to other coaches. Like you're not like th- like those are not your ideal client. Those are not the people that you want to serve. Like if you're talking about fat loss, I promise you, Jordan Science not gonna buy from you, right? Like I promise you, like you're not going to buy it from them. Like those are not the people that you need to speak to. Number one, the most reason, like the number one reason that most coaches struggle with making content is because they want to do it to appease other coaches. 
That's the truth. Like they, they sound smart. They don't use the words that their clients use. They want to use words that other coaches will be like, that is a great written post. I love that so much. And it's like, cool. You got three likes on it and no one fucking cares. Right. Because you're not using the words that your clients would use. You're not speaking to enough pain or problems that they're having. And at the end of the day, like you're just, your, 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 your messaging is completely off because you're targeting the wrong person. Give you a very Number- good example that I've put on social media before and I've said on air. If someone, every once in a while, well-intentioned, evidence-based, thoughtful coaches will put up one of my least favorite and most pedantic little things on social media. It's the lecture about how, quote, tone isn't a thing. Bullshit. Fuck off. Tone is a thing. We damn well know what it means. And the you get on with this bullshit lecture, and I'm speaking very bluntly here on your social media that just makes people feel stupid okay that is speaking down to the person that you're describing we need to actually talk to well people have come in to me and said hey you know i don't want to get too muscular i just want to tone up you know what coaches sound like they're doing that they do this well actually tone is not a thing and then they have no trust or credibility with this person in front of them they've been there five minutes and that you've immediately made this person feel small and stupid and they were already worried about and scared about coming in because they didn't feel like they knew much anyway. You've just lost the sale. They're going to go down the street. And maybe the coach down the street doesn't have your evidence-based approach, is a charlatan, is a grifter. But they'll sell that person because they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll get you tone, no problem. We damn well know what it means. Speak in their language. Make them feel good. And then over the course of a few weeks or even months, not that it even matters, we can educate that person in going, all right, well, here's how the muscle building process works. Here's how fat loss works. You know, and it's just, I see this post and I cringe. I'm just like, you guys, and there are good, well-intentioned people I like who do this thing. And I'm just like, gross. The guys fuck right off with that shit. Anyway, there's my little diatribe. No, and 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 I love that. I th- I think it's important to understand because it's like all these, all the same people will go out and bash all these other companies that are using these exact words. And I'm like, they're still thriving and surviving. Because clearly they're marketing towards what people want. But yet when they come to you and you're like, well, you actually don't need this. They're like, well, I I thought that that's what I wanted. And it's like, well, actually, no, this is. And and again, like you said, you kind of belittle them. And so then they don't, they, they shell up, they clam up, they lock up, whatever. And like, well, I'll try the next person, I guess, because they're unsure. They're like, I thought this was what I, I was supposed to come to you for. And again, that's why like these other companies thrive and survive. You have to essentially give people what they want before you give them what they need. Right. It's like, that's just, that's the world of social media and everything. It's like, that's why everyone on, on social, it's like, it's all glitz and glammy. It's like, you know, but then you actually come in. It's like, no, 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 we don't actually need this, this tone up thing that you want. Like, here's the actual process of it. But like, they have to like, no one trust you first. You can't just belittle them up front. Um, number four, I will say this, since video content is, you know, huge, especially in the Instagram, YouTube, TikTok world, um, you don't need to dance and shake your ass to build an audience. And that will like my, my, my thing, honestly, man, like this just really like grinds my gears type thing is coaches that like want to do like this lip syncing shit or like these trends all the time. And I'm like, just speak to the camera. Like here's my thing. I'm not going to go to get a surgery from a surgeon that's doing a trend using a freaking B filter. And I'm like, yep, this is the surgeon that I want. No, I want the surgeon that I want that's talking to the camera that's explaining to me why I need to get the surgeon that I have, what probably caused it, and what I can do to heal from it. That's who I want. And 
I'm pretty sure you put up a video not very long ago warning people against, this is why I actually want people to go follow your media because it's very unique to learn a lot from you, why they should not use trending pieces of music that people specifically own because or created because that person can then turn around, uh, file copyright on it, and then all of those old content gets taken down because of a copyright issue, which... I mean, you know better than me, but that can also like lead to kind of shadow banning your account or actually can hurt your reach, can it, if you end up with those sort of things? Well, that I'm not 100% sure on because I did have a, it's actually funny. Um, the reason I speak again uh, on this now is because earlier on TikTok, I had this happen where I had 10 videos that got all muted using a sound. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, and, and, the, and those videos, when they get muted, you no longer get any traction on them. Like no one can see them anymore, nothing. They don't rank anymore. And so it's kind of a detriment. And mind you, that was using a trending sound. So I'd have to recreate that video. I'm not too worried about that now. What most people do now is they use sounds from artists. And, and this is where, where I'm careful because I'm testing this out now where like I, I'm putting up content and I have music underneath it. I'm using instrumental music underneath it. And it's not by a verified artist where most people go wrong is they use it by like a verified artist. Like let's say Drake, for example, um, shout out in Canada. Um, but like who, who owns, who, who has a lot of like music content. And if out of the blue, he wants to copyright a certain song, like all the, however many hundreds of thousands of videos that are used within that sound muted all of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I, I go against is I'm like, again, don't be at the mercy of someone else's content. Like your video, when you slap that onto your video, you are now at the mercy of that, right? No matter how good your content is, no matter what you make, you are now at the mercy of them. So again, I don't want people to ever have to depend on sounds to get them rankings or get them more views, get them more shares, like have good content first. And like all the other things that you want to put on it, that's like sprinkles, right? The content itself needs to be your ice cream. That has to be really good. Right. Like ice cream alone is great with sprinkles, makes it even better. You can't put sprinkles on shit ice cream because it's going <laughs> to taste bad. Right. So that that's how I like to approach content is have really good ice cream. And then everything else we put on top, like whatever the captions you want, the subtitles, whatever little bells and whistles you want, those are the toppings on it. It'll just amplify it. <laughs> that's awesome. So embedded within all of this. I mean, personally, one of the big challenges I have, especially as, you know, I battled, you know, some fatigue and whatever for the last little while, you know, I have a full-time in-person coaching business. I have a growing online coaching business. I actually manage two podcasts weekly, um, preparing you know, speaking engagements. By the time this airs, I will be, re have returned from an event in Spokane where I'm presenting to the people on being a fitness writer. Um, and how, and, and again, I, also run Instagram kind of, you know, like stay as active as I'm able to summon. Where the fuck do you find the time as a coach who's kind of battling all these things uh, to be able to then turn around and master video skills? So embedded within this is your thoughts on priorities and time management. And maybe some of the misconceptions around the amount of time it takes or some valuable skills with video to help someone because on one hand, I know there's a lot of coaches who are working really diligently on their media and their video because they have the time because they're growing and they're not as busy as they want to be. But you also got a lot of people who are probably in a similar boat to me where just can't add anymore. If anything, we probably do need to subtract. So for me, the idea of going on to TikTok, thought about it, it's kind of no bueno because maybe this is confirmation bias because I was open-minded and I encourage other people to go to TikTok, but I find that the TikTok fitness ecosystem is nastier 
And a lot of it is shame-based attacking of, and bullying of each other under the guise of uh, policing misinformation and evidence-based uh, you know, philosophy. So I know I've thrown a lot at you there. So tease out your best wisdom for that. Yeah. So my, my number one thing, and this is, this is perfect for you because you're someone who you have a lot going on. You have your podcast, you have all these other things going on that fitting in time to make dedicated video content probably isn't the best use of your time. Honestly, my recommendation for that is like what I spoke about in the beginning is continue doing what you're doing, but just document it. Like you have a phone and I know most people are like, well, it's not going to be the best quality. Like, well, I'd rather you have a phone versus nothing. And again, your phones nowadays, great quality, right? You can prop it up. You can film it horizontally. You can film it vertically, however you want. Prop up when you talk on podcasts, when you have guests on, you can prop it off to the side. You can do it when you have coaching calls. You can do it when you have onboarding like or sales calls, like whatever that is. You can find little gems in there of content that then you can start to trickle out. And again, if you're like, well, how am I going to edit all this? Cool. Then you can outsource it. Like you don't have to do that if you don't want to. And again, one of the things that most people struggle with is like getting people up to speed. And this is from my experience is like a lot of, a lot of videographers and like a lot of, a lot of people like me hate looking at the clips. They hate looking for gems. They want to make cool edits. They want to make all this flashy stuff, but like find someone that's good at doing that. Find someone that's good at finding the gems, the, the clips and everything that you would need. And essentially like what it is that you're trying to get across in a message. Um, that's a way that you can make content is like continue doing what you're doing. Just set up a camera, send it out. And then you have clips delivered to you in your inbox or whenever you want. Um, that's number one for filming um, and just kind of just documenting your day. And that's a, that's a Gary V philosophy too, isn't it? Right. Like yeah. Gary yeah. Overwhelmingly does that. Uh, I mentioned Luca Hosovar before, and I'm guessing you probably know who Luca is through the industry. Yep. Um, so Luca does this quite well because, and again, sometimes it's the resource of actually bringing in, you've got the resources to bring in the videographer and have them around, but Luca gets a lot of the stuff he's doing filmed. And then that gets everything gets thrown up onto his YouTube. He's got a very big YouTube in part because he's going to like get down and explain a drill. He's got a video of it. He's talking about some sort of business concept. He's got a video of it. And I can see that the idea of going through sifting through and finding the gems to be daunting again, sounds like time consuming. But you're right. The answer is to outsource it. And it does reach a tipping point. I am probably, I mean, I have blind spots in my, my business. And I share this because I think other people will understand this, where I don't outsource virtually anything. And that's a tricky part for me. And I'm sure at some point I'm going to have to go, okay, I'll have to do, invest in and find someone who has certain skills to be able to grow certain things if that's the way I want to go. I've also found, let's actually jam on this a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of people have been doing reels and TikToks because they're told they have to. I would rank of the reels that I see, especially the Instagram stuff, because I'm not actively on TikTok, 90% of it's really bad. One of my biggest pet peeves is this engagement hack where you take the Twitter post and you put it in a reel and it loops to create this engagement. I hate them. They look terrible. And I, I just don't like it very much. So I feel like a lot of people are doing really bad content because they think they're supposed to do something. You're nodding like you've noticed this trend too. I'll let you elaborate on it. And I ultimately think the focus still has to be on great content. Meanwhile, I just abuse the hell out of the Twitter captured post, which gets shared to the tune of hundreds, if not thousands of times per post. 
which drives incredible following growth and engagement from my my audience because ultimately it's what the Instagram algorithm wants. It's stuff that people share, save, engage with, spend time on. So elaborate on anything you think there. I and this this might ruffle some feathers. I just I think it's a lazy way of making a video. Like if if you make a tweet post that you then throw up to loop, I understand the purpose behind it. And I've done it too. I've done it to test it. I've done it because I want to I want to at least test it and be able to say like, you know what, I've done it and I can speak on it. And I understand the purpose behind it. The main reason people do it is because what are these what do the algorithms care most about? Total watch time. If you can get a video to loop over and over and over again and get it completed, whether that's two seconds, five seconds, 45 seconds, it 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 signals back that it's a full view and that this needs to get pushed out more because it's like, wow, people are completing this to the full extent. Like we need to share this with more people. I understand the purpose of it. I also agree with you in the sense of like, I think it looks a little, it, it, it looks a little elementary. Like when you share it on story, like it doesn't look as clean as opposed to if you're just doing it on a regular feed post or even like a swipe, it does look a little like more pixelated too. Um, so I think people do that. And like you said, I think it's just lazy content. I th When you say like, just a lot of bad content, I think people just do it because like, well, I have to put up, I have to do reels. Everybody's doing reels. There's the difference between making content for the sake of making content, but then doing it like intentionally. Like if you're going to be on a video platform, at least do it the right way. Don't do it in a way that's like, well, I just found a trend and like, I'm going to hop on this and apply it to being a coach and like people that want to lose fat. It's like, well, sure you could do that um uh, but it's like again like your intention behind it it just it's it's very it's very poorly executed and it feels that way and so that's why i'm a bigger fan of just speak to the camera but understand like maybe plan out your video understand what you're going to speak about understand who you're going to serve understand who you're tar targeting and most importantly like just speak to one person everyone gets so flustered and and lazy with their video because like well there thousands of people are going to see this. Millions of people are going to see it. It's like, no, like you're only ever speaking to one person. We're not all huddled around our phones, all like viewing a TikTok video like this. Maybe we'll share it to people and they can go watch it. But usually we're all one by one watching this while we're on the bathroom, like while we're in the bathroom, right? It's like, that's where you're watching videos. And so at the end of the day, like speak to one person, um, but just don't be lazy about it. Like if you really want to help someone in the fitness industry, like just fucking help someone. Like stop making these, these stupid trends stop making these these videos with these with these filters and these things like you're not serving anyone and i really do want to reiterate again for people to go and and check out because being again i have you on instagram and i'm sure that you're doubling this stuff to tiktok but to see your videos are crisp they obviously they're excellent quality you have great title uh, graphics you know the the, the captions, captions pop up yeah. yeah exactly right the captions pop up they look great but something that I want people to take notice of, you get right to the point. You are quick to the point of your video. And a lot of people have a very slow meandering intro. You've lost people immediately. Swipe, they're gone. Eric Roberts, again, really quick to it. And I think that's one of the big keys with video is you have to be incredibly fast to the hook. Yes. Like this, this is the number one thing is the hook is about 80% of your video. Like the, the first three seconds is 80% of your video. The reason Eric Roberts does so well is he has his microphone clipped to his beard. Number <laughs> one, and, and honestly, I don't care what he's talking about. I'm just trying to figure out how that microphone is staying on his beard. Like he could talk about whatever, but I'm just so intrigued by how that mic is on his beard. And but he does a great job at delivering on his content as well. Um, I appreciate the the nod at, at my content as well. That's something that I 
strive myself on and pride at, at getting at is like, I literally want you to watch the video and watch the hook and understand like, this is exactly what you're getting. There's no, there's nothing else with it. And then I, I have a formula for creating videos. I have like an entire document on how I actually create it. Like there's a hook to it. And then I tie it all back to the hook. And then I want to give you a practical example with it. And then I want to make sure that I reaffirm the example. And then I want to give a call to action of like, Hey, if you enjoy this, like, you know, comment on it, follow it. Um, or I'll give it a, a, a CT in the beginning of, Hey, make sure to save this post. Um, just cause I want to have a trifecta of like comment, follow and save. Um, so it's very intentional with it, but at the end of the day, like, I just want you to take away one little thing from it. Even if that's an iPhone setting, like, cause I know most fitness coaches you're filming on your phone. Like, Hey, if this can help you make better content with your phone, cause I know most of you probably don't have the budget and, or the bandwidth to want to get a camera. Cool. Like, here's how we can make the best content possible with your phone. And this is for all coaches too. Like, the curse of knowledge is real because you know so much that you think, wow, this little thing, it's not going to really matter, right? Like there's so many things that I know that when I break it down and I I even said something the other day to someone, um, a, a friend of mine, it was actually a, a function on my keyboard. This button right here, you can change the setting to pop up all the emojis on your, your Apple computer. And he's like, oh my God, this saves me so much time. And I'm like, I just do that intuitively. He's like, no, dude, like make a video on that. And so I did. And I'm like, and it, it helped a ton of people, but I'm just like, I didn't, I didn't think of that. And so for coaches, like the littlest things, the littlest uh, techniques, whatever cues that you might have, whether it's in-person training, like all these little things that you're like, who would actually find this helpful? I guarantee you people will. It's the curse of knowledge where like, you feel like you need to sound smarter, but it's actually the real simplicity, like simple things is what's going to scale. Simplicity, simplicity will scale. Fancy will fail. You remind me of a video that a good friend of mine made years ago. Jeez, I swear this is seven, eight, nine years ago. Uh, his name is Mike D Michael Dietrich. He was a old, old guest on here. Very close friend of mine. Trainer turned outdoor adventure uh, guy. He's kind of left the fitness industry directly now. He's been on TV, a bunch of the Discovery Channel. And Mike just made a video where it's like, okay, pour Mio into plain Greek yogurt. And it turns it into like this dessert flavored, like awesome thing. And that video, which was, that was Facebook. That got shared a ton of times and people loved it. It's just a simple little thing that shit people wouldn't even imagine, but it worked really well. So, yeah. you know, and, and Mike's always had a really good sense for video to the point where a lot of his media is built around video now. But uh, yeah, like little things like that. That's awesome. Well, I don't have any more direct questions prepared, but is there anything else you feel, feel that you could add to what we've already talked about? Anything else that we missed? I mean, I talked about owning your media. Um, I think that's important. I think um, it, it's it's funny. I listened to a Gary V um, daily digital deep dive episode that he posted on YouTube the other day. And so this might be really interesting to any anyone listening. Um, Instagram right now on his priority of top five platforms is number five. And number one right now is Facebook for him. Number two was YouTube Shorts. Number three was TikTok. Four was LinkedIn. And five was Instagram. So it was just interesting to hear on his priority of where he really is a big fan of Facebook groups are going to be big. He thinks are going to be big Facebook pages um, and just organic growth on Facebook in 2022. Again, I could be wrong and I hope I'm wrong, right? Like I'm open to having a discussion on that, but like, it was just cool to hear that for anyone that maybe hasn't heard that, like to be able to relay that information, um, just understanding like someone like him, where his attention is going uh, on platforms as we sit right now, recording this August 8th, 2022. Um, it's just interesting to see like the whole content landscape. It really has changed in the past 
even like year and a half, uh, like from the time I worked with Jordan, like to where we're at now, like there's a lot that's changed. And like the, the attention span, um, this is what I want to touch on the attention span. Like, yes, it has gotten shorter, but don't feel like you have to adapt to the attention span of like, I have to, I have to only make content that is like cracked out content and like, it has to be so quick and all this, like, People still value a YouTube video. People still value podcasts. People value the long form content. And this is something to pay attention to is where the attention is right now. Yes, it is on the short form. The underpriced attention is on the stuff that isn't getting any attention, right? Like meaning that, go ahead. People, people will sit down and watch Twitch streams for hours. Yeah. They will watch a three hour long Rogan episode on a podcast. Um, you're probably familiar with uh, Greg Knuckles or maybe Adam Ali of Physiconomics. There were some really smart writers. These guys write long articles. Okay. You think like anybody else writes a long article? These guys write big fucking long articles and people love reading their work. It's very good quality stuff. It's if the content is good enough and if you have the relationship with people already, your true fans of people who love it will soak up everything you're doing, which goes back to why it's really important to have something bigger than just social media. Yeah. Amen. You're preaching. Um, yeah. Own your media and don't, don't rely on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, because one day these platforms could all crash. And if you don't have anything to be able to reach people, like you're screwed. So. And I, I'm a big fan of diving into thought leaders when it comes to stuff. And, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's popped up a few times this episode and I like Gary's stuff. I think his book, Crushing It, is one of the best books out there on the philosophy towards social media. Obviously, these things get a little dated, but it's the underlying philosophy and approach. I mean, he was really bullish on TikTok. He just was talking about musically at the time, right? Yeah. So he predicted that. Yeah, he was probably a little too high on Snapchat in the grand scheme of things. And I think that Instagram, when they took stories over, absolutely killed off Snapchat to the yeah. point. I really don't think Snapchat has much value, um, but maybe I'm missing something. Who knows? Uh, anyway, but I think paying attention to what Gary's saying is really wise. Uh, I want people to plug into what you're doing on your social media. So I hope I've introduced a lot of people to you. And I hope that they, you know, just go sh shoot Enrico a message just to say, hey, you know, I've, I found you through Andrew's podcast, seriously. Because, um, I mean, this podcast, hey, it totally flies in the face of one of your piece of advice about don't speak to other coaches. I can't help but enjoy these conversations. And I like to put it this way. Anybody who does a podcast, these conversations are often really for me and for the guest as much as possible. It's an opportunity to build relationship. It's an opportunity to get to know people, to connect with old friends, and to share people with the, the coaches who are dedicated listeners. The audience is actually pretty big. It's solid. But I don't really, outside of a little bit of narrow stuff, I don't really mentor other coaches. It's not a place I want to take my business long term. I do it because I enjoy it. And ultimately, with the amount of, like, the time management, if this podcast wasn't something that I personally took a lot away from and was enriched by to hell with the rest of you guys this is just for me I'm being selfish then it would be hard to show up week to week but I really was looking forward to chatting with you this has been phenomenal I really do want people to go and check out what you're doing and then I'll go and shout out I've had Susan Ebergall on a few times on the podcast Susan is one of the most wonderful humans on the planet Jordan's great go listen to their their episodes again maybe you're someone who's found my podcast through Enrico so maybe this is the first one you've heard Go check out the Jordan stuff. Go check out the Susan stuff. You'll enjoy it. And in the end of the day, I think plugging into the people who are doing the things that you're interested in will keep it top of mind, will influence your approach and your thoughts on things. As I said, my social media in a very big way is where it is because of Jordan's philosophies.
And a lot of that stuff has evolved into stuff that, that I teach now to other people. Uh, Enrico, thanks for coming on. I appreciate having you. You've been amazing. And where can people find you on social media? I've told them to go find it. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so on Instagram, it's rico.incarnati. Uh, TikTok, the exact same thing. Um, that's like two places that I'm hanging out right now. Um, if you want to be able to get better making videos and just content stuff, I have an entirely free Facebook group with a ton of coaches in there. Um, it's just called Video Content Made Simple. And I'm going to join it right now. So you yeah. talk, I'm joining it. Video content. Awesome. Video content made simple. Um, just because I know like the whole video content game and just content in general can get really complex. And like I want it to be super simple for you and less scary. So that's a home for you. Good. I'm gonna find it. Hopefully it searches up pretty easy. I will add you immediately as well. Uh let's see. Private gear join. You got 1.7 thousand people. Um, I'm gonna fill out some of this stuff, so I'll do that after I get uh, awesome. get off here. Um, but beyond that, uh, thanks for everybody tuning in and listening again. You know, if you're brand new, hopefully you stick around, check out some of the other stuff that I've, I've done. If you're a long time listener, uh, and you haven't given me a review yet, please, Hey, go, go do it. Just don't do it while you're driving, please. Uh, Rico, thank you again, my friend and, uh, everybody else stay tuned for a new episode next week.